Hey, it's Memes. I'm a former makeup artist and you're listening to Swatch of Horrors, beauty horror stories told by beauty professionals. The best and easiest way to support the podcast, I promise you it's free. All you have to do really quickly, just screenshot this podcast, share it to your Instagram stories, or just follow Swatch of Horrors at Swatch of Horrors. The same handle on Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. And uh, send me your beauty horror stories if you are a beauty professional. Let's get right into it. And uh, thanks for listening. Horrors. I'm looking for a new repeat for brothers. Hey, you've survived Christmas, I hope. Uh, have you had your uh, holiday breakdown yet? Um, hopefully not. But if you have, it's okay. We're all here. You're going to get through it. So today we're going to get into a part two of the last episode, which was... What's the worst thing a client has ever done or said to you? And let's get right into it. So this person wants to be kept anonymous. They responded via Instagram, which you can also send me your horror stories via Instagram, or um, you can write an email to swatchofhorrors at gmail.com. So let's get right into it. This person says, I was starting to prep hair for a wedding guest. Okay. Let me, let me preface this first. Okay. So the question was, what's the worst thing a client has ever done or said to you? And this person replied, they gave me C. diff and basically they were out for a long time and they had to go to the hospital. So this is the story about how she got C. diff, which is a really bad infection. Um, I can look that up for you right now. And there goes my phone. Oops. Uh, give me one second. Let's look up what C. diff is, shall we? And then once we Google that, um, my ads and everything is going to be uh, talking about C. diff. Because um, Google tracks like everything you do. Um, let me see. C. diff. apologize that my phone's going off. Um, another thing about my phone, which um, kind of traumatized. We had like a medical emergency that happened recently and my phone was um on silent and I didn't get to my phone in time everything turned out okay but I just feel like I need to have my phone on um to where I can hear it now just in case something happens I'm accessible um okay back to what c diff is according to uh, cdc.gov c diff also known as and I'm, I don't know how to say this, um, Clostridiodes difficile, whatever, okay, C. diff is the short form of that, is a germ that causes diarrhea, colitis, and colitis, which is an inflammation of the colon. It's estimated to cause almost half a million infections in the United States each year. Okay, let's look at the symptoms, shall we? So we know what this poor hairstylist went through okay this is according to uh guess mayo clinic is this source here so uh the symptoms are diarrhea belly pain and fever 
People may experience pain areas in the abdomen, gastrointestinal, so which is diarrhea, bloating, or blood in the stool. You may also have fever. And that does not sound fun at all. Let's look at the treatments, shall we? According to Mayo Clinic, it says treatments include antibiotics, even when treatment with antibiotics. Ugh, even sorry, even when treated with antibiotics, the infection may come back. In rare cases, fecal transplant or surgery may be needed. Hmm. Fecal transplant. That sounds fun. Okay, that's sarcasm in case in case we don't know that. Okay, it's okay. Um yeah, don't don't wanna have to do that. So let's get right into what this person said now that we know what c diff is so this person who wants to be kept anonymous says i was starting to prepare for a wedding guest when she told me she had been in the hospital the last few days and they had agreed to discharge her for a few hours to attend her sister's wedding she was told to be back by 5 p.m and she wasn't allowed to eat or drink any alcohol while she was there okay this is kind of wild so it's kind of like well you were in the hospital the, the client was in the hospital. They were allowed to leave for a little bit, but then had to come back. So it must have been bad enough to where they um, had to come back. Okay. Red flag there, number one. And then so this person continues to say, so we carried on chatting as I did the hair. She was delighted. I cleaned up my section. She was paid. Oh, she paid and left. Happy days. All right. Cut to an hour later, I'm running into the bathroom, and I had the worst V plus D, which I think is like vomiting and diarrhea, I ever thought possible. Felt like I was on fire. Okay, that's that's really not good. Okay, and she continues to say, one of the girls dropped me home, and I was basically going from bed to bathroom and back again, over and over for five days straight. I had to send a stool sample to be tested, and it came back positive for C. diff. I was super weak and dehydrated. I was having fever dreams, aches, and pains. It was terrible. I had to be 48 hours symptom-free before returning to work, so it just went on and on. Absolute nightmare. My general practitioner asked if I had ordered antibiotics online or if I had recently traveled. Nope. Okay, so she said no. She never did any of those. And then uh, the next question was if I had visited anyone in the hospital. And quote, um, parentheses, she says, this was years before COVID. And then she says it racked my brain and remembered the client. I saw her on Instagram uh, that she had also had, quote unquote, tummy troubles while in the hospital. And then I responded and I said, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry you went through that. Uh, people in the beauty industry go through so much. I just want people to see what we go through. Uh, I'm glad you recovered all right. And um, I asked if we can share the story. She says yes. And yeah, that... Um, that sounds awful. So what I have to say about this is if you're a client and you're sick, I get like now that we've been through a pandemic, okay, a once in a lifetime thing, it seems like we should know how to behave right when we're sick. You just don't 
Don't get services done. Don't get your hair done. Don't get your nails done. It's fine. You're going to be fine. Now, this client was, uh, looks like a sister um, of the bride is kind of what I'm getting from this. So I get it. It's your sister's wedding. Maybe she's in the wedding. She wants to look her best. But you know what? It's not your show. It's it's your sister's. Your, your, the bride is the star of the show. And if you can't get your makeup done or hair done, that's okay. Because honestly, no one's paying attention to you. No one will pay attention to you. No one's going to remember anything but um, if they had a good time or not. And the bride and groom, basically. that they're, The main focus is them. It's okay if you're so sick that you're in the hospital. Just skip, just skip the services, okay? Slick your hair back in the best ponytail that you can, okay? And, um, or wear it down, put some curls. Do something really low maintenance and easy. Um, just, just put some concealer, mascara, foundation, put on a bold lip. You're done. That's good. You're fine. Trust me. Um, your health is more important. The health of other people is more important. Um, it's not worth like messing, messing up this whole situation. So, so here's the thing. If you're a client and you're sick and you get your hair person, your hairstylist sick, guess what? They're, they're out of work for a while. And, um, most of the time that's just money out of their pocket. They're not going to get paid for any of the days that they missed. You know, and, and you have to think about that. You're, you're messing with people's livelihood here. So just stay home. We all, or just, just avoid getting any services done while you're sick. Story that I have. Um, so the prompt was on Instagram. What's the worst thing a client has done or said to you? And this person says, new person, the person told me I was lucky I was pregnant or she would have beaten my ass just because I answered her question. Now, this prompted me to ask a follow-up to figure out, you know, what the hell happened. So, let's let's get right into the message here. And um, so, yeah, um, threatening to beat up a pregnant woman is definitely not good. So, if you're a customer, don't do that. That's if you're anybody just don't do that that's that's really giving off um I don't it's it's yeah don't do that okay so I had asked um if they could tell the details of the story and they said yes and they want to be anonymous it says I was eight months pregnant and a customer came asking about a few products I matched her um I matched her, tried lip colors on her, but she just seemed very on edge. I've worked retail for years and I'm com- and, and I'm extremely patient. I continued to help and answer all of her questions. Then out of the blue, she asked me, what brand is this? And I said the brand is blank. And she redacted the name of the brand. Um. She immediately gave me a dirty look. She said, that's not what I asked you. Then she asked me again, what brand is this makeup? And I said, the brand is blank. She immediately got really mad. 
she started saying, I swear to God, you're lucky. You're so lucky. I said, I'm sorry, but the question that you asked me is the name of the brand. Um, all of the products we've tried today, and it's the same brand, and it's from the same company, which is blank. And she, she then said, you are so lucky you're pregnant. Otherwise, I would beat your ass. Okay. At that point, I said, I apologize if I'm not understanding your question, but the answer I'm giving you is correct. Um, and I told her, um, and I chimed in, I said, I'm sorry you went through that. Um, it really is uncalled for. So yeah, stop, stop threatening anybody. Don't threaten anybody, especially if they're pregnant. That's so rude. Um, I, I don't know why this customer was not understanding what the brand of the makeup was because the artist was clearly telling them what the brand was. Um, something I've noticed, and I don't know if it's like my own theory or what, but, uh, maybe we can do some ex uh, experiments on this. In my experience, I had like a handful of experience working retail as a makeup artist back in the day. Every time I dealt with an angry client, and I may have said this before, but the moment you start saying, oh, I'm, I'm really sorry, or I apologize, I'm sorry, for some strange reason... The customer gets even more angry. I don't know what it is. Um, so I've tried to learn, especially as a woman, as a woman, <laughs> I'm not a plural woman, especially as a woman, they say for us to not um, try not to apologize so much in the office space, in corporate America, whatever, in your workplace, in your daily life. Stop apologizing for things you don't need to apologize for because you kind of come off as weak. When you apologize for things, I'm not saying that if you're in the wrong, especially with your partner, you know, obviously if you've done something wrong, your friends, your family, say sorry. Don't be an don't be an ass. But like, I swear, if you if you look this up, if you Google it or look it on TikTok, you can find alternatives to um, saying sorry. For example, and I may be going off a tangent here, but this does kind of go go towards how to de-escalate a situation because like I said for some reason apologizing to angry customers makes them more mad in my experience so for example if you're I'm going to use a totally different example here but if you're late to a meeting um, instead of saying oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm late or sorry I'm late just say thank you for being patient um, you know thanks for being patient while I uh, had to reboot my computer or something like that um, thanks for your patience Instead of saying, I'm sorry. Um, another another thing you could say, um, I'm sure you can look this up. I, I don't remember them offhand, but um, I, I did work with somebody who would constantly apologize in Zoom meetings for giving really good um, constructive feedback. So they would find some areas that we could improve on as a team. And then after she brought up how we can improve, she would say, Oh, I'm really sorry. Sorry to to bring this up. I didn't mean to cause a big discussion, but it's like, no, we needed this. We need your input. We need you to call things out so that we can improve. Uh, so things like that, you especially don't want to apologize for because you're contributing, you're doing a great job and you don't want to come off as weak. <sighs> There's my long-winded answer, but yeah, for some reason, angry customers, the more you say sorry, the more freaked out they get and the more angry and rude they get. So 
what's the alternative? That's a great question. Let me try to remember. And because um, a lot of the stuff, it's like you block it out because you're, you don't want to go through that again. You're traumatized by awful uh, retail experiences sometimes. But um, instead of saying sorry, I would tell the customer, okay, let's try to make this right. I'm going to do what I can to fix this. Um, and also try not to say no. I know, I know this is really hard. This is in terms of customers. Try not to tell them no. Um, in terms of, in terms of everything else in your life, yeah, say no all you want. That's no means no. But for customers, when you tell a customer no, that already kind of like sets them off. It, it really sets a tone of you're not going to help them. You're not going to do anything. It, it just feels like you're not going to try. So what you should do is, um, instead of saying no, like, Hey, can you return this? No, you don't have the receipt. Uh, just say, yeah, of course. Let me, um, let me take a look at your receipt. Oh, I don't have the receipt. Okay. Uh, do you have the card that you paid with some, some places let you look up the card transaction or, or hey, um, if you can check your email, see if you we emailed you the receipt, we can look it up that way. Um, I'm sure every company has their own way of looking up purchases, but try not to say no. Um, like, hey, customer comes in, they're annoyed, they're mad. Where's this sold out lipstick? I can't find it. Ah. Um, oh, we don't, um, you know, that's not in stock right now, but I have this for you. So as long as you're trying to offer a solution, um, people are really appreciative of that. And for some reason, just telling people no, like pisses them off and telling them sorry pisses them off. So try to avoid saying sorry, but be as positive as you can and try to like not say no and rephrase it in a different way, you know. Um, and if they're just giving you such a hard time, you don't want to deal with them anymore and they're being like out of control, just say like, you know, I, I don't think I'm the best person to help you. Let me find the right person who's going to help you better than I can and just walk away go get a, a co-worker that can handle things better you know uh, not just handle things better but sometimes just a new perspective a new person into the mix just diffuses it or just get a manager um, and that's all you have to do uh, easier said than done I know every situation is different um, but yeah that that customer threatening to fight you that is wrong and not okay and um, I would say if your safety is being jeopardized like that or if you feel that there's a true threat, go go walk away immediately. And, and when I say walk away, make sure you're like looking over your shoulder because you don't know what that person's going to do. Um, but that's just my paranoia creeping in. So just ca casually, carefully walk away, look over your shoulder, make sure they're not going to like run up and ambush you. Um, go to a safe space like a stock room or behind a counter, you know, so that they can't like come at you. Um, and just, just ask for a manager's help. That's all you got to do. Um, and yes, tell me, tell me your, your beauty horror stories. Let me know if this has happened to you. I know a few episodes back with an, um, the person I interviewed, Nina, she actually, that one was a customer tried to fight me episode. Uh, so she talks about that. So go back and listen to that one. It's kind of a wild story. And uh, this next one is going to be a doozy because it it really kind of moved me because this person just sounds like an absolute saint. So this next story 
is going to be a long one. So, um, so strap in, buckle up and uh, let, let's, let's get it right into this next one. So this question again is what's the worst thing a client has ever done or said to you? This person chimes in and sends me a message and they want to be anonymous, obviously. They're a makeup artist. So it says, I had this one bridal client that had troubled, had troubled skin. So what that means is just, they probably had a lot of breakouts and whatnot. Uh, she had it really well controlled and well managed. I did the trial and went on with an airbrush that suited the client beautifully. So uh, for those of you who are new to the process, a lot of times when you get married and you want to make up a look, you should or usually do book a trial beforehand to see how it's going to turn out and to see if you're going to mesh well with the makeup artist. So I highly recommend that. Okay, back to the message. The client was thrilled and loved it. I recommended a local spa that could help with a great facial to help her in her skin journey and an esthetician, which, okay, that is, let, let's, let's give a round of applause to that makeup artist because that is going above and beyond, like just helping your client, getting her set up with, um, a regiment, even like, uh, where to get treatment and esthetician, like that is going above and beyond. That is so sweet. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, wedding day came and you can see the stress of the wedding really got to her. Poor girl picked at her skin to the point of there being raised wounds and superficial scarring. She had a sunburn and had healing sores. Um, her skin was extremely taut and looked painful to the touch. I was working on the rest of the bridal party and could see her reflection in the salon mirror. Time was ticking down and she was in a mood. Mood is all capitalized. The salon was silent. Tension so thick in the air you could swallow it. I think she felt anxious because she was maybe concerned about the state of her skin. Um, concerned about the state of her skin was in and how the makeup might go. The mother of the bride was watching this all go down and really doing her best to keep the mood light and uh, keep the bride calm, but it just seemed to make her more angry. That's going to be tough, okay? Like, have you ever been in a room with somebody who was just in like in a shit mood? Like, it just messes up the whole vibe. So I totally feel for this person. All right, so um, she makes it to my chair, the bride. Uh, mind you, this whole time, I'm already rethinking how I'm going to switch up the makeup, but honor the key aspects of the trial makeup that she loved. Um, I want to be sure she feels comfortable with this new makeup that has to now address this more specific skin concern. As I'm prepping her skin and I'm ready to airbrush, she's shifting in the chair, tapping her leg impatiently. I mean, fired up. I'm thinking, I'm going to smile, I'm going to be pleasant and work. I've got a job to do. As I'm airbrushing, she decides she doesn't like the way it's feeling. She says, quote, someone get me a mirror now. Okay, sounds a little bridezilla-ish. Okay, um, the artist says, I'm not worried because I'm using the same product during her trial 
but am applying with a lighter hand and a different shade to balance out her redness. She must realize I am in fact doing just that and calms down. The other bridesmaids are done and relaxing, paying for their services and heading to the hotel to get ready. The mother of the bride and the maid of honor stay behind with the bride. I do the rest of her face to the best of my ability. Okay. The skin she picked the skin she picked at has new growth, which the makeup wouldn't stick to. Okay, now I I totally like sympathize with this bride too because I myself once in a while I'll get like cystic acne or just like a really nasty nodule like on my chin area every now and then and sometimes it just hurts so bad and it doesn't want to come to a head and then it just gets so inflamed and that skin is just so like really hard to work with no matter what you put on it it's just makeup doesn't want to stay so yeah that that's that's a really tough one um so like she said, the makeup wouldn't stick to it. I had every primer, skin prep you could imagine and utilize what would work best for this particular client. The skin texture is intense and covered every centimeter of skin with the exception of the eyelids and lips. From a distance, she looked lovely. I was quite proud of my work and I stand by to it till this day. Up close, it was different. She had the mirror and was examining it and was tearing up. I felt for her. I knew, I knew it's a lot. Oh, my bad. Uh, I know it's a lot and you want your look to be your absolute, and you want to look your absolute best. So of course, I'm pulling every ace out of my sleeve to make this application work. Something in her face immediately changed. Once she realized I'd done I'd done everything I could. I'm lining her lips and she holds up the mirror and says, quote, this looks nothing like the trial. Why does my skin look like this? You were able to cover it last time. To which I responded, I utilized every product used during the trial, especially in key places like eyes, lips, and cheeks. She knew deep down it had nothing to do with me or my application Mom looked at me with sympathetic eyes, and so did my coworkers at the salon. She came in with an intense vibe and maintained it the entire day. I have the patience of a saint and actually uh, like dealing with difficult uh, clients. This bride lost it. Okay, we both know she was um, lashing out at me because she didn't do any of the things we discussed during the trial. So what I think this means is like, you know, obviously you shouldn't pick at your skin, especially leading up to an event. But a lot of times people have like a nervous tick or um, they get anxious and they just can't help it. Um, so it's, it's very, it's a very frustrating situation. So she says makeup artists can do the best that they can. But a huge piece of it is the client following recommendations and doing their part maintaining their skin's integrity, which I 100% agree with. I'm lining her lips at this point and she starts screaming that I'm overlining her lips. Mind you, I must have redone this lip line 11 times the whole time she's watching me in the mirror, telling me what to do, screaming. 
you're doing it wrong. What is wrong with you? I had to have her watch me line her lips. She even snatched the pencil out of my hand to do it herself. She realizes she can't, has me remove it, and I do it again. I tell her, you can watch me do it. I'm literally following your lip shape. Her mom is trying to do her best to calm her down. At this point, I'm like 30, 40 minutes behind schedule because she's so difficult. I gave up and say, I've truly done my absolute best to service you today, and I can't see how this can go on any further. I put my tools down, and I'm about to remove my brush belt. I mean, I couldn't take it anymore. I had been so degraded by a client. I'd been screamed at, berated, belittled. She sees I'm, I'm finally had enough and starts apologizing. Mom is apologizing too, even though she's been an angel this whole time. I'm thinking I'll finish the work because it's important to me as a professional. I finish, touch up the areas damaged during the lip liner scuffle, and hand her back the mirror. She loves it. I'm happy. She's happy. And mom thanks me deeply and slides me a hefty tip. Anyone who works in a salon knows as soon as a problematic client leaves, the tea gets spilled. My coworkers were like, you're a better person than me. I'd have stopped a long time ago. I've been a makeup artist for 10 years until this day. This is the only client I've ever had that's treated me this way. Who can we all take a breather after that one? So I, I expressed that, you know, wow, that's, thank you so much for sharing that story with me. Like I literally got chills. I don't know about you while you, you, I was reading this. I got chills because she's right. She, she seems to have the patience of a saint and, you know, people like her, have such compassion and care to really ensure that a client has their dignity, especially with difficult skin. Like you really have to, um, I guess maybe not so much walk on eggshells, but the more you're direct with people and actually offer a solution like she did during the trial, like, Hey, here's an esthetician. Hey, here's a facial person or place you can get your facial and what you can do to maintain your skin. Okay, so that's really caring. Um, so it really wasn't her fault. And for her to put up with that for that amount of time, like, I, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have quit sooner <laughs> and probably just would have been direct. But um, yeah, I, I really don't know how she did that. And I asked, I asked the artist who submitted this story, if there is anything she would have done differently or what advice she would give to someone else who's experiencing this as an artist. And she says, thank you for your kind words. She says, I teach makeup artists to, um, I teach makeup artistry to new and existing artists and share this story from time to time. Troubled skin is so common and I wish clients knew how many artists are committed to them and their beauty. I took so much from this experience into my career as an artist. Number one, you always can learn and push yourself to. The first thing I did 
when I had some time to myself after the bridal party um, was review my knowledge of color theory. I also wanted to refresh my skills and be sure that if this happened again, I had a plan B and a plan C to execute this makeup well. That meant exploring new products with different application techniques. It pushed me out of my comfort zone to explore new products, which is a win-win. Investment into my kit and refining my skill set. If I could have done something differently, which I think this is really important. I absolutely would have had a quick chat with her before I started the service. I have encouraged her. I would have encouraged her to maybe get some fresh air, a beverage, acknowledge how she was feeling and give her a moment to collect herself. I saw her emotions and I internalized it, but can see how she may not have felt acknowledged. Everyone tiptoeing around you can make anyone feel uncomfortable. I think that is so powerful, everyone. Like now that you think about it, if you just acknowledge that, hey, this, this bride is so stressed, this bride is really feeling out of sorts right now. If you just gave her a moment and like, be like, you know, I see you. Um, let, let's, let's take a breath now. Breather. Let's take a breath of fresh air. Hey, I know, I know that we did a trial and it was great, but today, you know, your skin is a little different today, but you know what? We're going to make it work. We're going to, we're going to make it work. And, um, I'm a professional and I have everything that I need to get this done. So I think that's such a powerful thing to say is just to acknowledge how she was feeling. Cause yeah, that really makes sense. If, if nobody is acknowledging how you feel, they're all tiptoeing around you. It's really tense. And, um, the next thing she says, the advice I have, um, patience is more valuable than any skill you can ever have. It would have been easy for me to leave and not finish the service, but that would, but what would any of us have gained? The client would have felt slighted. They would have left the most, um, they would have left the most important person not being serviced, which is the bride, uh, which would have ruined the entire aesthetic of the group. The client would have left a scathing review, bashed me to any new and potential clients, bashed the salon I worked for. And at the end of the day, when challenges arise, um, you always gain so much more when you overcome them. And, um, yeah, I, I was, I was really, um, I felt, I guess, moved by this story, this person's story, because it, it just shows more of that human connection part of, of the beauty industry that it's really important to have that emotional intelligence on navigating people's emotions and, and stuff like that. Cause it really does help strengthen your, um, your business, your relationships with people. And uh, it will take you a long way. And, um, she's super grateful for everything. She says, I've learned and definitely uh, blessed to have such a great clientele. And, uh, yeah, ha this, I mean, this is why, and I'm not saying this is why, but I, I didn't really freelance that much in my makeup artistry days. I did a couple events, but um, I think that's why I strayed away from the bridal industry part of makeup. 
because there's so much pressure and it's the person's most important day ever. Um, and that's a lot to deal with. And you really have to have the grace and, and patience to deal with that. I don't know. I mean, I, I have some, some of that, but I, I think, I think what you all are doing out there, especially freelancers are just, um, you all are great at what you do. And that's probably why I didn't really get into <laughs> freelancing too much. Um, like, like to tell you the type of bride that I was, I mean, I may have had a couple of bridezilla moments like the day of, but I would say I was pretty chill, honestly, like, and, and I don't recommend this for anybody. Okay. I really don't recommend this. So please don't take my word for it. Um, I didn't do, and this is the big no, no. I didn't, I didn't do a makeup trial for my wedding. I didn't. Um, because why? Um, one, cause I was a makeup artist before and I felt like the person I had in mind, um, I knew, I knew their work. I worked with them here and there. I loved their makeup. I love the makeup they use in their kit. And I was like, you know what? You do this stuff all the time. You're always doing brides. You're always doing editorial stuff. Like I a hundred percent trust you. And I'm, I think the look that I wanted was pretty simple um, I'm not, I'm not that picky as long as they, you know, get it right, which I mean, I just had complete hundred percent faith and trust in my makeup artist. So, and honestly, I didn't have time. I just didn't want to wait. Not, I'm not that I'm saying it's a waste of time, but I didn't want to put that extra time because I didn't have time. It, there was just so much going on in trying to move and, and buy a house and then plan a wedding. It just wasn't in my, um, capacity to do a trial and it turned out great. It turned out great. Um, again, I don't recommend that for anybody, but I'm just kind of sharing like what I did. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a tough industry. So if you have any more beauty horror stories that you want to share, please DM me on Instagram at Swatch of Horrors. You can also submit them via email at Swatch, uh, Swatch of Horrors at gmail.com. I will keep you anonymous unless you want me to shout you out. And um, again, this has been Swatch of Horrors. I'm Memes, a former makeup artist. Please rate the podcast on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts anywhere. Leave a review because that will help grow the podcast so much. Thank you again and talk to you later.